Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to WNS9 Plus. I'm your host, Anthony Donardo. With me, we have Jim, we have Tyler, and we got our special guest tonight. We have Alex Stump. What's up, Alex? Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going swell. How's it going for you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty darn good. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I am. I am. Which that's I, I I don't know. How do we want to do the the crux of why I'm coming on here today? Well, you're. I thought you were here because Toby Keith died. So I'm drinking out of a Red Solo cup. America's only good song. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do, do you we, mind if I just, you know? Well, I mean, you are coming on for a big announcement. I am coming on for a big. I'm not sure. Yes. It's like the decision on ESPN. Yeah, I just want to make sure you guys didn't sell, you know, the ad time like LeBron did or whatever. No. Unfortunately, nobody no. wanted it. Yeah, nobody wanted. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> we tried, Alex. Didn't care. <laughs> well, then in that case, there's no sense of uh, holding it back. Uh, yeah, I'm here because I'm still going to be on the Pirates beat for 2024. I am taking my talents to MLB.com. Hey, damn it. There. <laughs> let's go there congrats you go, Alex. that's awesome that's awesome oh and the reason why i'm doing it here is because these gents went to uh the winter meetings well two out of three ain't bad went to the winter meetings and uh they caught me on a particularly good moment and i said you know what if i get this job i'll announce it on on the show so there we go and thank that's you right. so we got the exclusive you got the exclusive. This yeah. is brand new. There we go. Nobody wanted it and you couldn't sell ad time for it, but damn it, you got it. No, that's that's no. awesome news. Congrats, man. It's yeah. uh it's gonna Honestly, be congratulations. It's gonna be great having you still on the Pirates beat for sure. I know uh I know everybody was hoping you were gonna stick around. Appreciate <laughs> that. It beats working. It beats working for it, Living. I don't know. I think they could have done better. <laughs> Where am I going next then? I don't know. I, I, right are here. You saying, are, you, are you saying Alex? I mean, are you act like this wasn't a yeah. fallback for me. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I am going to say the, the offer was out there, Alex. Yeah, it was out Alex there. Is, Alex is the rowdy to Les to the Carlos Santana. Alex, if you would have came here, I promise you, you would have got paid the same amount as me. Dang. It's pretty good. No, nah, we would have paid you more. Yeah, we definitely Ooh. would have paid you more. So I get a whole McChicken. <laughs> yeah, this is why we need we need more sponsors because we 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 wanted we wanted to just hire Alex as as our our beat writer, but you know we have no money. Well, Jim likes to use we. Jim has money, <laughs> right? I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, you got oh, a these uh... jersey hanging. I have something from Hobby Lobby. Hey, you know what? This Tatis jersey was framed at Hobby Lobby. Okay. A couple Hobby Lobby guys. Yep. But I, I do want to put out there, full transparency, the offer was given to Alex. Just so everyone knows, I did. we gave a 10-year, $500 million deferred until 21-24. He declined it. So it could have happened. I'm just saying... It was definitely was the most all. guaranteed money on the table. 
Yeah, I, I'm not Otani. I want the money up front. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's cool. It's going to be good having you around. So that means what? Uh, Bradenton in a few days? Bradenton in a few days, yep. I think my next exactly first you. store for them runs on Wednesday. So a week from now, I'm back in the swing of things. And you're happy Until then, I'm so, for, I'm so for Valentine's Day, everybody yeah. can... Can read an Alex Alex article to their significant others. <laughs> what are we writing about, Alex? <laughs> I I'm thinking way, that's our latest TikTok. It's <laughs> going to be all of us reading Alex's article to our significant <laughs> others. It is it is the worst foreplay in the history of mankind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What if you know how like White Castle does those like uh, Valentine's Day reservations? I think Fort didn't Fort go to like White Castle or or Waffle, um, Waffle House? Yeah, like you, after you do Valentine's Day at like Waffle House or White Castle, that's when that article is just smooth. that's whatever you want to find out what your expected Wilba is for the rest of the night. Yeah. Yes. What's the first article about there, Alex? Uh, I have it assigned to me, and I can't remember it. So, all right, so it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be a banger, absolute banger. Really important. Have you even written it yet? No, it's, it's doing okay. a week. Perfect. It's doing a week. The Pirates might sign someone or not sign Gary Sanchez. It's true. Definitely not signing Gary Sanchez now. Alex is so he's doing our job now too. What a segue! Yeah. So let's, let's talk, talk about, about that. that. Yeah, let's talk about that. So Gary Sanchez signs with the uh, the Brewers today. One year, $7 million with a mutual option. Pirates were definitely in the mix, apparently. Um, showed a lot of interest as uh, all other players that the Pirates have shown interest in. Um, they've all decided to go elsewhere, basically. So, yeah, Gary Sanchez on the Brewers, who already had the best catcher in the division, um thoughts thoughts henry davis better be ready to catch i mean that's the way i view gary sanchez and i'm gonna give a precursor to everything here i have been away from dk for a couple weeks uh and in that time i have not talked to anyone really with the pirates outside of like one or two very brief like non-source conversations so hey, i'm a little out of the loop I guess you could say for a little bit, I'm I'm your resident outsider. Uh, you bring absolutely no value to the show. What I bring nothing. I bring nothing to the table. But I kind of looked at Gary Sanchez as hedging the Davis bet because Davis either proves that he could be a major league catcher for most of a season, a full season, whatever that workload is, or he proves he can't. And if he can't, well, that puts a lot on Jason DeLay and maybe Ali Sanchez if he makes a team out of spring training or clears waivers. If not, you're going to Carter Benz, who I don't think anyone thinks you know has a bat to really handle the major leagues. So I get why there was reported interest in Gary Sanchez. It really, not getting that deal done, it really just puts a lot of it more on Henry because if he can't catch... I mean, that might be all she wrote for this season. They need production out of catcher. And Jason DeLay is a great defensive catcher. The pitching staff loves him. But you don't want him starting 100, 110 games. 
this upcoming year. Yeah, I said, um, I mean, shortly after the Sanchez signing, I, I tweeted out that all the chips are on Henry Davis now. Like he, uh, as important as like Brian Reynolds and O'Neill Cruz and Mitch Keller are to this team, Henry Davis is single-handedly the most important piece, I think, to this team's success in 2024. Like if he can handle the catching job, and he can hit like we think he can hit. This team, it, that solves a lot of issues. Like every, mm-hmm. every, all the other pieces kind of fall in place a little bit. If he can't, then this team is scrambling. They're they're playing a catcher who really shouldn't be playing every day. They're either they're playing guys in positions that they shouldn't be playing. He, this this is this is the Henry Davis season. Like it's it's him. The Pirates go as Henry Davis goes in 2024. Does it not almost feel like O'Neill Cruz last year where it was nobody really thinks he can play shortstop, but maybe this one's a little more extreme. But mm-hmm. it, if everything works out, having that bad at that position means a ton to this team. And I think it's even more extreme with Henry Davis at catcher. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. <laughs> um the best thing I could say is Jordan Comedina, the, the bullpen catcher, catching coach for the major league team, guy who made Jacob Stallings into a gold glover, had a couple conversations with him last year. He worked with Davis a lot behind the scenes. He genuinely believes that this guy could be a major league catcher. And you know what? He thought the same thing with Stallings, too. And I'm not saying Henry Davis is going to you know win a gold glove or anything, but I, I trust Comedina's opinion with a lot of this. And Man, that gives a lot of runway in my mind, at least, of like, hey, give him this shot if the coaching staff and him in particular believes this could happen. But I, I agree with Jim. Like, this is the Henry Davis season. If he hits 25, 30 homers and provides even average defense behind the plate, I mean, what, that's a five war season ish? Like, that would be huge for this team. And, it, and it's hard to see him really being that successful if he doesn't at least do one out of those two. He either has to have that 140 OPS plus or he's got to provide, you know, plus defense metrics. Yeah. Aren't you I, almost I, hoping I, he turns into Gary Sanchez? <laughs> I mean, Honestly, that's... Though, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, but I mean... I mean, I'm like, just saying, like, defensively, Gary Sanchez wasn't exactly like a stalwart behind the plate. Yeah. Until last, but he turned into an okay catcher. Like he can also, but and he hit enough that it like Mm -hmm. it didn't matter that he wasn't that great. And hopefully, like Henry has a longer career in the sense that he's not getting DFA'd and then rejuvenating himself in San Diego. But but like you're kind of right. Like if he could be Gary Sanchez like back in the day, that's a win. But I think a lot. We're just not unsure. And like to your point, Alex, like, you know, you're hearing you're hearing that from him. And, you know, so you're feeling kind of positive and confident that like maybe there's something there, maybe he can catch. But it's like, but you're also seeing him like there's an opportunity that he could have caught one game after Austin Hedges was traded. And they, if, that didn't happen. If he didn't get hurt, it would have happened. The injury okay. so really you're did. You're pretty confident in that. Yeah. Yeah. If he didn't get hurt last year, he was going to catch a lot more in September. And by okay. a lot more, I mean like actual honest to God starts. So 
there's some optimism, you know, if that he can, and he's going to have to, especially with Indy out. But I just feel like this whole offseason has been like, like my key words, like just mitigating risk. Like it's just like, that's what this offseason has to be because there's just so many variances. There's so many unsures, what ifs. And it's like, if you can bring on something that is a certainty, right. That can certainly help out. So like if Henry Davis doesn't, well, at least you have Gary Sanchez there and Jason delay, you know, like there's a safety net there that you're not going to, completely mm-hmm. fall to the floor and be a 68 win team. Now, you know, you can still like, can I keep going? Cause you have some safety nets there. And I just feel like that's what they're really missing out on. And the signings they do sign are just more risks. Like Rowdy Telez, complete risk. Like Marco Gonzalez, complete risk. You know, it's like, there's keep going down this route. And, you know, like to the, to the group of people or just anyone that's talking about, like, no one's really talking about Gary Sanchez last week. And everyone's like, butthurt over it. Like I get it. But I think the thing was no one expected the pirates. No one thought, in their right minds that this would even be like a possibility. So when you heard the rumor, it was like, well, damn, they're actually entertaining like a real catcher, not just like a Kirk Casale, as I keep bringing up, you know? So like when the opportunity was out there, like this could be a real thing, then hell yeah, let's get on board with it. Cause this could definitely make the team better. And one year, 7 million, like can the pirates just not do that? Like, was the money the issue you think here? Or I mean, I, I just, don't basically on what they have to sp- have to spend, you know, this off season, I think they could have gotten that 7 million in the budget, but that would have been pretty much it. Mm. Unless there was just something else, you know, some development that's happened in the winter meetings. That's like, no, that 80 ish million dollar payroll, you know, projection isn't going to be you know that much more, or it's going to be actually a lot more than that. So it's, I think they would have had a way to actually get that money in. I wonder if the uh, player option factored into this because you will get Andy back next year. And whether you whether Davis works out behind the plate or not, you're going to have an answer this season. So if the answer is good, it's like, well, okay, now we get Andy back and, you know, do we really need three catchers? And do you really sign that guy with a but it's so clearly like if things go well, you're probably going to get traded. So I can see why Gary Sanchez would want another opportunity with Milwaukee with that. I, I wonder how much that player option played into things here. Going back sense. to what you just said, though, <clears throat> do you have a slight idea? And I won't hold you to it of what their self-imposed payroll limit is. Do you think it's 80 million or it's 80 ish? Yeah, 80-ish. a little wiggle room. Little wiggle room either direction, which I'm I sorry, that is absolutely atrocious. That's embarrassing. I'm sorry, I, I don't, I'm not piling on Alex here. Just, <laughs> don't shoot, just, the just don't shoot the messenger, I know, but yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. It's definitely frustrating because you, you look at the other teams in the division, right? And they're all pretty significantly above that, right? Um, the team that Gary Sanchez just signed with, uh, the the Milwaukee Brewers estimated 2024 payroll 111 million. Um, Cincinnati's at 100 million. So you've got these teams like the Pirates should be in that same realm as the Reds and the Brewers, and they're just they're just not. And it's frustrating. I mean, a team like the, the Royals are the Royals are a 115 too. So these are teams that you you should be on par with these guys. Um, I don't, it's just, it's just frustrating. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. Wanna... I mean, we've, we've harped on this so many, 
so many times. I don't want to just completely beat a dead horse here, but you got to even... spend some money. Jim, I don't want to beat the dead horse either because we do beat the payroll thing into the ground, but just a question for Alex. Do you think that is a Ben Sherrington imposed payroll trying to save money in the future or Bob Nutting imposed payroll? I would prefer just... not to speculate okay, if, if that's, that's fair. fair. Fair enough. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah, I mean, it is it is something interesting. I mean, that question, Tyler, is... I mean, Bob Nutting told Jason Mackey in the Dominican Republic two weeks ago. Like, Ben Sherrington's got the room and the budget to make this team better. He went out there and spent $10.5 million on a roll to Chapman, which made the team better. You would think that... You would hope that that's not the only thing that they have room for, but... They, they still have. There's still a lot of other guys out there. There's still people out there who can make this team better. I still expect them to do something. Like they can't. I don't think you can go into opening day with with this 40 man roster. I, I think that's fair. I mean, I still look at that rotation, and it's one thing that you look at someone like Rowanzi Contreras and Bailey Falter. There's not a lot of starting pitching depth at the moment, so I I can see like, okay. That's either your fifth and your swingman, or maybe it, it, there's some way to go. You don't want to get rid of these guys who are out of minor league options. But do you want to go with them as your four or five? Do you really just trust that? Do you trust that Luis Ortiz or Quinn Priest are just going to have these big bounce back years? It, it kind of feels like Henry Davis, yeah, is probably going to be the, the gas in the car, whether this goes or not. But like, there are some guys who were top 100 prospects not that long ago that didn't have great years last year that need to regain form. And yeah, if it's row night again, you know, in May and everyone's excited to see him take the ball every five days or Luis Ortiz, you know, shows that promise that he showed in 2022, that goes a long way here. But at the current state, just the amount of question marks you have in the rotation, you either a have to acquire another starter in my opinion, or B, you have to acquire even more bullpen help or defensive help to try to minimize those, you know, starts whenever you have the back end of your rotation. It's like, you're going five innings. We're going to put the best defense we can behind you. And we're going to go to the bullpen fast. And we're just going to hope to God that, you know, Majinski, uh, Holderman, Chapman and Ben are just going to shut this down afterwards. So, that is an actual way to do it, but like, I believe they have room left in the budget to still add to this team, and I believe they need to. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think they they got to add another pitcher, like you said, and I, I still think like Michael A. Taylor makes so much sense on this team. Like you mentioned, hey, if you're going to have this pitching rotation, you need good defense, and Michael A. Taylor makes that whole defense look a lot better. You put a gold glover out there in center field, you put Sawinski in right field, like all of a sudden you got a, a pretty solid defensive outfield. You don't go out there and make that move and you've got Swinsky in center, then Oliveris is probably getting the bulk of your time in right field, who has shown in the in the past not to be that great out there. So it's yeah, I, I don't I think Michael A. Taylor makes a ton of sense right now. I think if I'm the Pirates, that's like that and a starting pitcher are my two priorities. I think it just makes too much sense right now. Looking at everybody's available, you go Taylor and like, I'm not a huge fan of the guy, but 
I, I'd, I'd go Taylor Clevenger. Like, I think those are, you add those two pieces and all of a sudden I start feeling a lot better about this season. I feel super yucky about both those things. <laughs> what does Alex think? Uh, I, I would lean more towards Taylor at this point. Like I, I know I get where you're coming at with Clevenger. I get where people would say, Oh, Trevor Bauer, because you know, he has, you know, perceived upside. I just don't see there really being a, a starting pitcher on the free agent market that really moves this team that much. Like as bad as this is, I would rather get an answer on Rwanzi Contreras you know, for some time. And then, no, it's like June. It's like, nope, row you're out. And it's Paul Skeens. Or it's like, nope, Roe is definitely a guy still. We can still use him. I would rather invest in the defense and the bullpen at this point of the offseason. Like, I think there might have been a missed opportunity. Maybe they do something to the trade. Maybe they do pick up a, a starting pitcher. But I'm not going to pretend that, you know, Syndergaard is going to make this rotation. look. Syndergaard in this rotation, unless... And he could bounce back. He could be a reclamation project, but that just doesn't seem like it moves the needle at all. Like no, I, I would rather yeah, see a full be. season of Bailey Falter <laughs> at that point. I mean, I think Bailey Falter right now is better than Noah Syndergaard. Yes, I, I, I'll, I'll make that the group like, chat. <laughs> yeah, like I'll make that same. Like Bailey Falter right now, better than Noah Syndergaard. Yes. You, if you had to make me choose Bailey Falter ten out of ten times, I'll take neither. <laughs> well, you got it. Spit. If you got to no. pick one, no, I'll, pick right. I'll go throw. <laughs> I love this the wind up to the, <laughs> this. Office. There was some desperation in that, Tyler. Let me ask you. This is a hypothetical, and and I, and I think we haven't really talked about it because I, I don't think people think it's a possibility. But let's say spring training comes along. All these guys we're talking about who were competing for these these last rotation spots. Falter, Priester, Ortiz, Contreras, they all look bad. And Paul Skeens is just shoving. Like, uh oh. Yeah. Go ask it. Ask it. What do, you it do? what do you do? Like, does Paul Skeens make the opening day rod? Is there is there a way for that to happen right now? There is one giant X factor with Paul Skeens in any decision, and it's not Super 2. It's not the extra year of control. This guy has never pitched on five days rest. He's never done the rest of a regular MLB starter outside of those very brief minor league outings whenever he'd go an inning. I don't really count those. You know, That's just to get the routine done. He's never really done that, and I don't blame the Pirates if they just want to say, Paul, no. No, sorry, man. We're going to see you at some point this year, but we got to make sure you know the routine, you know yourself. There's a lot he could still grow with, I think, in the minors. Now, if if push really came to shove, I guess it's in the realm of possibility because he is going to be in Major League Spring Training, but I would ex- I would fully expect him to still be one of the first cuts and he goes to minor league camp. And he figures out the five-man rotation, what he needs to do, and then we'll just see him midseason. I, I, we're going to see him midseason, assuming he's healthy. So I, I get the Pirates if they don't want to necessarily waste a year of team control for him to figure this stuff out up at the major league level because the results probably aren't going to be that great as is. 
It's also why I'm going to say here, if Skeens gets knocked around a little bit in Altoona or in Indianapolis or wherever he starts, don't hit the panic button. He's learning. This is what the, right. those starts would be. Right. right. Yeah, I guess that's fair. That's a reasonable take, Alex, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I saw, but like, I saw, the unfortunate thing is that's where this team has put themselves into you know, that position, right? They have to ask these questions. Um, and like you're talking about you know, the budget here and – like they maybe could fit in like a Gary Sanchez here. So you're kind of getting an idea engaging, like, you know, how much could be spent. And yeah, I mean, we've talked about too, like the, the options that are remain in the you know, free agency aren't, aren't really good, especially where the pirates would go here and what they need. Right. There's plenty of people out there, but like who actually fits with the pirates and such talk about. So like maybe discuss the trade market. I mean, is there anything, is there any possibility, any link, anyone they've been talking to, do you sense a trade is going to happen of, of actual, Talent. Let's put it that way too. Dylan Cease isn't going to be a pirate if that's what no. Like it. no yeah. I, that's that's out. I got to think the Marlins. I mean, everyone's talking about the Marlins. I feel like for decades now that it's a good matchup, uh, which I agree on. There's there's the Mariners, but I don't know so much anymore. Uh, but yeah, I mean, do, like, do you foresee like a trade almost like inevitable for this team? I don't want to say anything's inevitable, except I don't think this team's done at it. I, I think okay. whether it's this week, whether it's you know the Pirate City portion of spring training, whatever it is, I, I can't remember who said it. Like I don't think this is going to be the forty man roster. The forty man roster that's here today is not going to be the forty man roster that's going to Miami. Like there are going to be some changes. There's going to be they they've got a little cash still to spend. They've got a lot of needs in different areas. Do you either bolster strengths like the bullpen or do you address weaknesses like the rotation? And it's There are ways to improve this team in either direction, and they still should have enough wiggle room financially to do it. And they've got a deep enough prospect pool that they can make a trade. Maybe not, you know, one of these, one of their top prospects, but you've got all this depth. Got to use it at some point. They're not all going to make the majors. They couldn't all make the majors, even if they all panned out. You only got 40 spots. Yeah. I think if you're looking at trades, a team that we really haven't mentioned, I know uh, Connor, you know, in our Discord has been kind of beating the drum for uh, for Paul Blackburn in Oakland. I think, you know, I mean, o- Oakland's not playing for anything. He's got two years of control yeah. left. Like, that could maybe be a, a decent who did o- target. Who did Oakland mm-hmm. just sign, though? Uh, they just signed Ross Stripling. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. Alex Wood. Yeah, yeah either one of those would have fit real well in for the Pirates. Yeah, I would have taken either. But um, but yeah, Paul Blackburn, definitely an intriguing arm where you, you got to think that you could probably get him for not like you wouldn't have to give up a top prospect for him. You'd have to give up some some no. some talent, but he would slot in quite nicely in this rotation. He'd probably be your he'd probably be your second best starter right now, if we're being honest. Um, so there, there's definitely some people out there to, to, to trade for. I don't you know. Edward Cabrera, the Mariners guys are all there. But if you really want to kind of just get an arm who you can rely upon, there's there's a few teams out there. And the A's, I think, are are one of them. Yeah, I, I think the A's are just ripe for the picking for anyone at this point. Mm-hmm. And this could be, you know, the trade deadline, whatever. Like, I don't think they're really going to be trying all that hard until they go to Vegas. If they go to Vegas. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I actually I'll, saw I'll, that. I'll say, I think there was uh there that, that quote was out of context. 
if you re- read like the whole quote from that Las Vegas mayor, they're taking uh, either way, a little bit. Either way, I would hope yeah, so because that's this. weird. I'm just thankful. I haven't okay started the job yet, Jim. What makes you think I'm reading? Come on. <laughs> yeah, Alex still is a week before he's got to he's got to pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> whole lot more Hulu just to watch first. I'm just saying, like, when you're down there in spring training, like, there's a couple podcast hosts that you could probably write an article about. What? Like, there's <laughs> there's three guys right here that you could probably who just wants write to read, about. Who wants to read up. about a, a bunch of loser podcasts? Everybody! <laughs> Only on Valentine's Day, though. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Release that. That's the Valentine's Day article. That's the Valentine's Day article. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's a picture of Tyler downing a bush light. I'm just saying, both of you guys had your little Nesbitt article on The Athletic. I haven't gotten them my flowers yet. Give me uh, my damn flowers. Do something. Do something somebody cares about. <laughs> I exist. Just be People like Miley Cyrus. It. You can buy your own flowers. Yeah. Yeah, just write, write, just write. Oh, we've got a blog for this. Just, just like write a whole blog you know about yeah. how. Screw about you, you, Alex. I'm writing about myself. Go <laughs> right. for it. You should compete. You should write a Valentine's article too and compete with Alex's. Yeah. See yeah. who wins. There you go. Oh, you know, I'm going to make a who gets more views about your like immediately after you post your first one. And I'm go sure I'll get one one hundredth of your views. So. Bite me. Yeah. <laughs> Pirates.com now. There's going to be a whole lot of eyeballs on it. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, to jump a little bit, I'm going to talk about what are you looking forward to spring training this year? Like, is there anything? I mean, what are your eyeballs on as the newbie writer for MLB.com? I'm really looking at those prospects who are pitching. Like I, I think there, as much as we look at this opening day rotation, how many question marks and how there is this great sense of unknowing, uh, I look at Skeens and Jared Jones and Salamedo and Chandler. That is a group of four. That is a stud, you know, rotation in the making right there. I want to see how they do in their first major league uh, camps. I Jared Jones might have been there last year. I can't remember what yeah. they do in there. He was okay. Well, for most of them, their first major the league camps. Wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. You might be right, but like, just get know the routine. How do you, you know, work with Oscar? How do you work with the catchers? Because I think there's a way. All four of those guys are in the major leagues before the end of the year. Like Salamato and Chandler, it'd be pushing up a little bit, but if this team is competitive in September and they need a start. The Pirates aren't going to just, you know, let them sit in the minor leagues and they do a, a bullpen game. Like if they show they're ready and there is a need in the major leagues, I think it's possible. If not, you know, we're still going to see them sooner rather than later. And I think that's maybe I'm talking on my butt a little bit here. I would put that top four of, you know, of pitching prospects up against any team's top four pitching prospects. I don't think you got to do better than those four. That, that I agree with that, and and on top of that, like you look at, you even go deeper. Like look at Altuna's rotation. Probably yeah. to start the year, you're gonna have Paul Skeens, you're mm-hmm. gonna have Solomito, you're gonna have Chandler, and you're probably having Harrington too. Like <laughs> that's a one, two, three, four of just 
you go to you go to ESPN.com, those are four top 100 prospects, right? So then that that Altoona rotation in particular, I'm super excited to see. If you live in the Pittsburgh area, short drive over there. If you live in Central PA, they're gonna they're gonna have some talent to watch over there at uh. Well, it's not Blair County Ballpark anymore, is it? People's Natural Gas Field. People's ZMO. Natural Gas. Yeah. yeah, I always thought that was funny. The People's Natural Gas. Isn't that just? Okay. Is that just farting? <laughs> <laughs> Man said the quiet part out loud. He didn't want to be silent but deadly. <laughs> nice one, Alex. Yeah. I actually, I know we talked about – I don't think anybody really believes that Skeens will be up on opening day, even if anyone believes he should be. Talent-wise, yeah, he's probably a top-five pitcher in this entire organization. Do you think there is any chance that this team's looking at like a Jared Jones or a – Oh, thought we had a Cahill signing. Welcome back, welcome <laughs> back, welcome back. But do you think there's any chance that we would see a Harrington or a Jones on opening day? Maybe not, not on the skins level, but just someone like that. Just Not Harrington, just because there's a little more time to go. Jared Jones is, I think, the, the break in case of emergency. What Jim was, you know, if if all the options are really bad, and if Jared Jones looks real good, I could see him maybe being that type of guy who you do open the year with. Like I, I would still say it's very doubtful, you know, just because you know he doesn't have that much experience in AAA, he could still grow in the minor leagues. But if they really need a guy, he's more major league ready at this point. He's more proven. He can show. He's shown he could go in five days. So why not? So the I guess the reason I asked that is because with the new rules of you know you get the draft pick and all that crap, maybe a Jared Jones is a better option than a Paul Skeens, where you're trying to make sure he's exactly right before he comes up. I think that's in that year of control. But a Jared Jones is in a top 100. You could, if everything goes right, maybe we get an extra draft pick out of this bad boy. Yeah, that's if you think Jared Jones can be. uh top NL rookie as well. If he's got a full season as a starting pitcher, you're going to have a great head start over most of the class though. Like, I think that we only have a couple years to pull from here, but I feel like we're going to see a lot more that those guys who come up early, they have right. a much better chance just because they got an extra six, seven weeks. <laughs> yeah. Right. We talked about that a lot last year, like the last three weeks, four weeks of the year where all these guys are coming up and they're just getting a head start on everybody else on opening day. <clears throat> we talked about yeah. it with Andy too a lot. Yeah. Where like I mean, if Andy, I mean, catchers just rack up war anyways. You know, Andy had a bad right. year last year, and you know, if you would have extrapolated that over an entire season, you know, it wouldn't have been all that bad. I don't think Andy that had a bad year last year. I, I know, I know the stats were what they were, but I think he was figuring stuff out. It was a deeper season, and he—I thought the defense was quite good. But I do wonder if a team like yeah. the Pirates might go that route with like top 100 guys that are just maybe fringe, fringier, because they're—they are what they are. Like, what's the odds that they're going to jump into the like top 15 where you're just really going to be really careful with them? You know, it's it's one of those I'll believe it when I see it type I'll deals, but like. 
but what you're saying does make a lot of sense. If you do need a starting pitcher and Jared Jones shows in spring training that he is ready for the major leagues, why not go for it? Like if, if things don't go bad, you can talk about the extra year control. Here's the thing. If he stinks, you could send him down to the minors and you still have that year of control. And if he's good, you get the draft pick. So like, it's, I don't think they incentivized enough in the last CBA to have teams call up these guys and try to avoid the, the service time thing. Because, again, it's one thing for Paul Skeens, who hasn't pitched on five days before. It's another for someone like Jared Jones, who candidly probably would be one of the top five starting pitchers in this rotation, you know, all things considered. But I think they incentivized it enough. The Pirates just don't take advantage of it. They refuse to. I mean, there's many teams that don't. Yeah, which is unfortunate. I, but there's some I that feel, do. Kansas City Royals also being one of them. Talking about the Royals, with the Mariners. We're um, talking about bad franchises. I mean, the Royals are a pretty bad franchise. They, Except yeah, they, they won once every series. thirty years. Yeah, I mean, they won a right. World Series. Twenty forty-five. Eat those words. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's it would be nice to see them do that one time because they they just i mean i can't remember the, the last pirates prospect hyped up pirates prospect i can remember where they just called him up was jose guillen and that was 1997 i was so, thinking of ramos it, ramirez i was gonna no. say is Vinny still here watching because he don't know who that is i don't remember <laughs> when ramirez came up but i i don't think R- ramirez got Sent back down a couple of times too. Like he struggled, I think, that first. Mm, I thought his rookie was really I mean, good. Aramis that, Ramirez had 72 blind. games in 1998. Okay. 18 and 19. Damn, that's right. He, yeah. yeah. So he didn't really pop off to like 2000. Yeah. Gigan's the last one I can remember, honestly. I'm not going to say that this player is even in the same stratosphere as Aramis Ramirez, but Diego Castillo was a top 20 prospect that they let break camp. Fair. We're not going to count Diego but, Castillo, Alex. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Again, I'm I'm looking for some sort of precedent here. <laughs> Fair. Don't have one. But also, he falls in that category of we don't really care if you get an extra year of control because you're probably not hanging around all those years anyways, which was proven to be correct. And they were high on Diego. They traded Clay Holmes for him. And they were they high on a lot of people. And how did that work out? They weren't very high on Clay, Clay Holmes though at the time. <laughs> no. But they got Clay Holmes 2.0 and Tyler Beatty. He's looking for a he's uh, he's still a free agent. I know he's he isn't he no. looking for he's no he's not somewhere last week, right? Wasn't the Reds actually? Yeah. Oh we talked yeah, about yeah. it. Where did he where did he get signed? I don't know. Cleveland? Didn't he oh, work in yes. Japan? It was Cleveland. Yeah, he went to Japan. Yeah. Walter will let you know. Yeah. <laughs> Old buddy Walter. Jim's best friend. It's not everything's great. Where are we going with this? <laughs> I don't know. We started talking about Diego Castillo. We put Diego <laughs> Castillo in the same breath as Aramis Ramirez, and then it just went downhill from there. Who's <laughs> Aguian? Hey, I will say this about Diego Castillo: the man is the greatest ping pong player I've ever seen in my life. Nice. That's a fun fact. There we go. He's actually. He's been DFA'd like what four times this offseason, but he keeps it is playing. it has been so, a rough offseason for him. 
He's yeah. like this year's uh, Lewin Diaz. Lewin Diaz last year, I feel mm-hmm. like, was on like seven different teams. Pirate legend. Yep. Yes. That's my so that's my ex-Marlin for the day. Alex, do you have to learn Spanish? I want to learn Spanish. It's something I feel like that'd be very beneficial for you. Yeah. I, like I, at I this guess, point, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I Basically, all I know is Kayla K and what's up. Como te Donde esta la biblioteca? You know that, that the most. I don't know what you said. Like none of those words. I have no idea what that meant. Where is the library? <laughs> that's what that. That's what that means. <laughs> it's the pregnant pauses. That just. <laughs> I'm just looking at Tyler's face. <laughs> Tyler's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I was no like, idea. I've never been to a library in my life. I live in Ohio. It's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful here. Oh, we God. had sunshine today, damn it. There you go, BD. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. So someone tweeted out like the top 400 fantasy starting pitchers. And and Paul Skeens was the number two pirate on the list. That's uh, that's how you know how things are I'm, in the pirates world. I don't read pitchers list. How how long is their top starters list actually? Four hundred. Four hundred. It's not actually four hundred pitchers. It can't actually be four hundred. Oh, they named four hundred. There were ten pirates on the list, and only I'm one sorry was in the top four hundred starting pitchers. It's the new MLB. Yeah, Keller, Keller, Keller was like number sixty something. Skeens was I mean, like one oh two on the list, and then no one else for the Pirates was in the top one fifty. That's thirteen. LA has starters for every team. With no overlap, starting pitching rotation pieces right now. That's true. The Dodgers have like twelve good starters and five ligaments, UCLs between them. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, so I guess those guys don't even count on the list. It's for it's it's fantasy. It was for fantasy starting pitchers in 2024. They they, they ranked 400 of them. I I I refuse to believe that it's actually 400. I'm actually going to look. If at you're this. in a league that needs 400 pitchers, you probably yes. need a new league. Yes, that is a cry yeah. for help. If you're ready, get a life. Pitchers. <laughs> Stop it. If you are scouring. The Rockies double A roster to see who might be <laughs> this year's Jared Eikhoff. You've got a problem. If if you're scouring their, their major league roster right now, you're in trouble. Well, speaking of Jared Eikhoff, of if we're gonna talk about speaking guys that should sign. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, Alex, is there a guy out there right now that you think the pirates actually should go after? Just on that lower level, because that's all that's left. Yeah, starting pitcher wise, no, I really don't. I'd I'd rather you get a, anybody you want to go after. Because no. I'm still like, call me crazy. I still think there might be a little bit in the tank of Alex Wood. He's, I he I time. get it, Denny. Yeah, Did Alex Wood's an Oakland days. Oh, good lord! Yeah, that just happened. I mixed up with Mark. Travis Wood for that okay well but no no like, uh, you know what, what? about maybe, cookie well, maybe travis, it is travis hold on travis yeah someone fact check me on that because i didn't hold see on. anything on oak yet oh one of them uh, just alex wood okay alex wood, wood signed yeah with okay. oakland okay well uh, yeah. that makes sense on why it fit because he went to oakland 
Travis but, would, what about, though. Did Cookie Carrasco sign anywhere yet? Yeah, yeah he's just minor, minor league. Cleveland. Carrasco Jesus signed, Christ. yeah. I give up. But honestly, on, like, with on. just where I they are. in fix the show. With, All right, let's continue. All right. With where they are starting pitching-wise, what's available out there, if you make a trade, trade would be great. Welcome back. Trade would be great. But available I didn't want to have to pull this card, but my dog just died, so I've been paying attention. So yeah, we gotta give gotta give Tyler a pass. And we're I've been out of commission for like a week, well, like five days. But no, I have to trash the Nardo. Go ahead, Alex. To be fair, Alex would also have him before then. Continue. Tyler, I got your back. <laughs> you you shouldn't you shouldn't have known about Alex Wood. Been a little bit busy. Sorry about your dog. Um, Thanks. I'd rather get an answer with a lot of like the, the Luis Ortiz's and Rojas and Contreras's uh, first, because midseason you get Brew Baker and Burroughs back, and you have all those prospects ready to go. And please, can we talk about anything else? <laughs> yes. Um... I don't know. Poor Alex. Why does it in that? Because Nardo's an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, that's Denardo's fault right there. He shouldn't have been. Way to go. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I think at this point, I'm to the point now where I just this off season's been bad. It's been a bad off season. They haven't done what they needed yeah. to, and there is a way to just completely solve it. And that's to go out there and make a splash. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but like, gosh, Cody Bellinger fits so perfectly on this team, doesn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. They that ain't happening. Get Gary no. Sanchez. Like, I know, but he like that would be that would be perfect. I I don't think a splash fixes this though, because the reasons why I think this has been a, a poor off season is because. You lost Oviedo, and you lost Sendi, and those are two guys who were not only supposed to be big contributors, you know, on the field, but they were two great clubhouse guys too. And there really isn't a replacement that they could have in there. It's not a bad off season because the Pirates chose to side Rowdy Tellez over over uh, Carlos Santana. It's a bad off season because you lost your number two starter, you lost your starting catcher, and they're really isn't a whole lot you could do to to replace them, even if you can match their on-field production or even better their on-field production. Like that's why it's been a rough offseason. Can I just this is not Alex, love you to death, but that kind of does feel like a cop out for this team. I don't want to give them a cop oh, out. Oh no, I they could have done more. They should have done more. Like this and rotation is not good enough yet. Unless that's the thing. I don't want people to be able to look back and say, well, Oviedo had Tommy John and Andy had Tommy John, and that's why this season went poorly. No, it went poorly because every single person you tried to develop failed. Every one of them. At this point, they've all failed. It's hard to disagree there. It, I mean, you look, at, you look at it and you say, let's say if we... This is playing hypothetical in the future. It's it's October 1st. Pirates are coming off a 
four win season, right? You could look back and say, well, you know what? That wasn't that bad considering Oviedo and Andy Rodriguez didn't play at all. But again, it in year five of this rebuild, like that shouldn't have been that big of a deal. Um, there should be more starting pitchers that are ready by now. There should be more depth in, in the position players. There should be some sort of second baseman who didn't crap out once they got to triple to a, but yeah, it's, I agree. It's an excuse. And I think if, if this team doesn't fare well this year, that excuse will probably be used by, by some people. And it doesn't, it doesn't put them off the hook, like does not let them off the hook at all. I think you're underestimating what a 74 win season, like how many people are actually going to get off the hook for that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this it, it's year five. They, they, yeah. they should be competitive. They should make the playoffs or at the very least be in that playoff discussion till the very end of the year. They, they need to show that the bare minimum for this year should be a winning record in firm optimism that next year you're in the playoffs. You're a legitimate contender. That should be like the floor. If if that can't be achieved, I don't think there's a cop out for any of it. It it needs. I would honestly even be like, go ahead. No, I say. Do you think, in your opinion, they feel they're there, or they feel they're one or like one or two, whatever, probably minor moves they're going to make, you know, upcoming to break to Miami, right? That forty man roster away, or do you think they're kind of looking this saying, we're not. I will say the players believe they are. And that's, I mean, that's the most important thing that like I've been in clubhouses, whatever. It's like, yeah, we're, we're trying to learn. We're trying to get through the, and, and, you know, you can tell it's, we're just trying to get through this year. That was not the case of those last two months of last year, like, whatever they played, you know, at a pace that would make them a playoff team. It wasn't, you know, in, at Pirates Fest talking to guys, it wasn't, they believe the players believe that they can make that jump. The coaching staff believes that they have to make that jump. Like it's, they need to make that jump. They need to show that this is a competitive ball club in 2024 and beyond. I I think the people who actually are going to win or lose games believe that they can do it. And I, I would argue that's the most important demographic of play I, or people. I, I do agree with you there, Alex, because we didn't, we saw a lot of baseball at the end of the year that, look like a team that still did care. And that's a credit mm-hmm. Derek Shelton. And he's absorbed a lot of criticism from a lot of people, including us. But at some point, I think some of those guys do look in the clubhouse and go, we need some help. And I don't know if they got that help. That's fair. That's fair. But I yeah. think they, they always knew that it was going to be, most of it was going to be on them. That if this team was going to be good, it was going to be because Henry Davis is a big league stud, and and Pagero and Cruz and Gonzalez, like it, it, they're not all going to hit, but there's just sheer probabilities of these, you know, or the sheer numbers that they had of a lot of these guys. Okay, now we actually got a ball club here. It just yeah. it just takes a couple more guys like Sawinski who were fringy and then. Swinski looks like an impact player for years to come. Like you just need to hit a couple times like that. 
You don't mean that literally, right? He needs to do more than hit just a couple times. That's kind of his, his problem. <laughs> we don't need to hit a couple times in July again. You know what? I, I, I'll say this. Jim, were you the one who was going to jump on the Swinsky bandwagon here? That yes. was me. Yep. I'm going to out myself here. In Colorado last year, whatever, he just went off. I, I said to the other beat reporters, like, is, is he going to be an all-star this year? And, of course, he wasn't because we were going to get the Swinsky slumps. But if he could even those out, if the Valleys are not weeks or a month long, I think this mm-hmm. guy could be an all-star in 2024. I, th- I think that's a sleeper pick for this team. See, I say something like that, and Donardo gets up out of his seat. Hold on. You didn't say – you said Jack Squincy is better than who? Brian Reynolds. Who? Alex didn't say Brian Reynolds was going to be an all-star in 2024. He said that Jack Swinsky was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I, I I would. I think they're both fine ball players. Uh, Brian Reynolds does not have those valleys, or no, the valleys are not as pronounced. That that's hundred percent accurate. Um, Brian Reynolds also doesn't have the peaks that Swinsky has, though. Too. Where were you the first two oh, weeks okay, first, of the- <laughs> first week of the year? Outside the first week of the season, he right. had twenty RBI by the end of by tax day. Yeah, I'm a big I, I'm a big Swinsky guy, and and so that that's where like there is some optimism here. Like, and, and like I said it rides on Henry Davis, but like if Henry Davis can be that guy, mm-hmm. and he joins Cruz, Reynolds, Swinsky, and then you just hope that Hayes is even just like a just a sliver of what he showed us towards the end of last year. I'm not even expecting that over a whole season. Like if he can just show a little bit of that, this the offense has potential to be pretty good. The the pitching is going to be the issue. The bullpen's going to have to make up for the the starting rotation shortcomings. Mm-hmm. Can they do that over an entire 162 game season? I don't know cuz even bullpens are going to are going to, you know, they're they're going to die down there towards the end if they're overused. I kind of look at this like I'm not really quite sure how I'm going to assess this season. It, it's going to depend on just how it goes. Like like if they win 79 games and they're just mediocre the entire season and they win, you know, they're, they basically finish just below 500. I'm probably not, not going to be too happy, but like if this team goes out there and does like what the 2012 pirates did and like play really good baseball for like five months and then just maybe die down in the last month, then I'll look at it and be like, you know what? There's, there's, there's something here. Like next year we should have pretty high expectations. So I'm just curious on how the season plays out. I think the starting rotation is going to be the biggest issue by far, but the rest of the team, if Henry Davis can perform, should be, should be decent. And I'll once again, say it with the rotation. It's, I think a big part of this team, can they survive like the first two months? Right. Because whenever you get Skeens up and Jones is up and Brubaker, who's a reliable hand, is healthy, and Mike Burrows, who has upside, is healthy, I think that rotation is going to get better as the year goes on, which is something few teams can you know ever claim. If they could just survive those two months, then I think it's, it gets a whole lot simpler. It gets You start running downhill at that point. I get it. Alex, but we've heard this so many years in a row. 
Who like just went get, into just, 2021 thinking if they could just get through the Trevor K. Hill signing and then but I, um I'm, I'm oh, sure we could maybe find I was the people on Twitter I was, who were. I was wrong. I spoke incorrectly about saying many years in a row, but I'm thinking back to like 2013 through like 19, where it was just well, let's just get through these first couple months. This guy's coming, Nick Kingham's coming, Jameson Tyon's coming. They don't come. That is, that's what she said. <laughs> All right, Kamala. So, <laughs> you know, Rosenthal ha- doesn't have to deal with this. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but Rosenthal's not. <laughs> that's laughing. why he gets sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to complete that? <laughs> Tyler, were you going to finish? I couldn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> such a bad show. <laughs> I see where you're coming from, though. <laughs> I gotta stop. We just got to stop. Let's get this on track. Even that wasn't even intentional. That wasn't. <laughs> I know. I was gonna finish, but I I had another thought. All right, I continue. Deep breath. Go ahead. No, we we've seen this in the past, right? Where where prospects are supposed to be ready mid season. And they're either not ready, they get hurt, or they arrive and they just aren't what you hope that they're going to be. I I get that. But again, I'm just going to go with last year's group. And look, if you look at it individually, Pagera may not have had the greatest, you know, run in the majors. Andy may not have had the best results in the majors, but they played like a team and they won for two months. There, there has to be something to be said. You brought up the 2012 Pirates here. I think there's something to be said that from April, August, and September, yes, I'm gerrymandering the season. That's a playoff team. And then absolute wasteland in between there. But for three months, especially the two months where it's the core you've been building coming up to the major leagues, they look like they are a competitive ball club. That has to mean something. I think the discouraging part about last year's end of the year is that they were winning, but it wasn't because of like the young guys. Like they were winning because like Henry Davis did nothing those last two months. Andy Andy Rodriguez didn't do really anything those last two months. Uh, Nick Gonzalez didn't do anything. Peguero didn't do anything. Like the young guys that they called up didn't do anything. Triolo was the only exception, I think. But like you were riding on Joshua Palacios hitting late inning home runs. You you were relying on on Ryan Barucki coming in with runners on base and shutting shutting things down. Like hey, I, I'll like Hayes had a lot to do with it, and that's yes. that's a positive, right? I think we're we're not talking about Hayes and Reynolds enough because they're, they're those are two good baseball players that are solid. and They're going to help you. But it's like it was it was the young guys, like the guys that you wanted to see help you 
they, I, I just didn't see them do it. And same thing on the pitching staff too. Like I didn't, it wasn't the, it wasn't the, it wasn't Quinn Priester. It wasn't Luis Ortiz. It wasn't those guys. It was Osvaldo Beto piggybacking with, I don't even know who like (laughs) Rob Zestrizny. I don't know, but like they were just Andre Jackson. Who's now in Japan. They were just like, yeah, Andre Jackson. It was guys like that where they were just like piecing together wins and it, they weren't winning the way I would have wanted them to win, I guess is, is kind of what I'm saying. Only counter that is, and this is definitely beneficial for me. Like I get to see it. I think you really underestimate how much like Andy and Pagero and a lot of those young guys coming in, what they meant to that clubhouse, like just building, making it a good environment and helping, you know, Get Hayes in that spot <laughs> that he is yep. going to have. He's going to hit two doubles that day. And look, I get what you say, but Barecki showed that he could pitch in those situations. You got some guys who showed that they could be useful, either as everyday or situational players. So I get what you're saying. It would have been a lot easier if it was Nick Gonzalez, who had a 110 OPS plus the last two months of the year, and that was a big reason why they really didn't have that. But I think that the culture, what they were able to do as a whole, there was a re- I, I know I keep bringing up those last two months, but I think it was legitimate. I think that was really just where that ball club was at that point, you know, talent wise, performance wise, and the results were pretty good. That's yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, the clubhouse culture is certainly a thing. I think Vinny brings up a good point here in the comments too. Like, I was very impressed with Derek Shelton over the over the last few months of the year. I think I think he showed that this was a team that was playing for nothing, and he got them believing that hey, we're going to be in the playoffs next year. Let's start acting like we're in the playoffs now, and and the team bought into that. So yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I want to kind of say my piece on that too because this is where I disagree with Jim. Also, like. I'm going to call you out here, Jim, because the first thing going to what you said right now is that kind of encouraged me also because like rookies are going to struggle. We talk all the time. We talk all time and time again. This is why you get them up, let them go through their struggles because most of the time people need to struggle to find success. So like don't hit the panic button because rookies are struggling. Let them work through it so they can become successful, right? So like in your mind, you're thinking like a lot of them got the struggles out last year. So there's probably room for them to improve this year, you know? So it's nice to see that with the struggles, they were there. But I guess where I'm coming from is, but also like Hayes probably isn't putting up a nine war season next year. So like that's going to come back down to earth, you know? So, and you can't guarantee that every rookie is going to, so there's the variance. And, and again, we've lost two people that were involved there. Oviedo is gone now and he's gone now. What have they done to replace that? So like, that's where my issue is on this year. Like I, I'm comfortable and glad that they finished the way they did. That makes you optimistic for this year. But then knowing that and where they've gone from that just leaves you feeling like, well, did they get better than that? I don't really know. Like when Hayes comes down and, and someone else goes up, that evens out. You lost two guys, so two other rookies got to come up to even out. And now you're just evening out at like maybe a 500 team again. Like is that really – is that good enough? But what I want to call you out for is you're talking about like 2012 season. If, if the 2024 season was five months of being really, really good and the last two months they fall off, then you'll be happy with that. That's what last year was, except the last two months was baked into the middle of the season. Honestly, like the beginning of the year was good. The, the ending part was, as we're talking about now, was 
good enough, right? It was that middle part that was terrible. So that's really what 2023 was. And I don't feel that good about 2023 either. So is it really just because it was five consecutive months? Yeah. It was more okay. consistency. And yeah. Yeah. It was, and it was a young team. Like that 2012 team was a young team. It was our first time really, you know, being in the limelight and, and having success. And they, they fell apart at the end. And I think, I think what happened in 2012, what happened in 2012, holy moly, what happened in 2012 played a large role in 2013. Like they went through all that in 2012 and they learned from it and they figured out, all right, here's what we need to do in 2013. And maybe like to Alex's point, maybe going through those wins at the end of last year, maybe that, maybe that just bleeds into this year and, they have that expectation now where, hey, we can do this. We've shown it. We've shown it down the stretch run. Yeah. I think a, there's a lot of negativity around this team because we don't think they've done enough this offseason. But they they have they still have some talented guys out there that we really just don't know who they are. And there's there's a possibility that they're better than we think. So I guess, you know, it's not all doom and gloom this coming season. It could be okay. I'm going to make a metaphor here real faster. That that game against the Reds at the end of the year, the the comeback. Yeah. Was that comeback because the team was good and the culture was good and they believed and they fought, or was it because Alfonso Rivas had five RBIs? It was because Alfonso Rivas. Because of Alfonso Rivas. Who's yeah, no I would disagree with that. Yeah, I would disagree with sucked. that. That's the actual answer. (laughs) So I guess my thing here is we look at that 20 and eight start. O'Neill Cruz is out. Mitch Keller pitched out of his mind. Brian Reynolds played out of his mind. You have Carlos Santana. I, I guess my thing here is when I look back at that team, that started off so hot. They did little things very, very, very well. And they, Carlos Santana's part of that. Like he, he will move a runner. He will do little things in a baseball game that you don't notice that he does very well. O'Neill Cruz doesn't do that. O'Neill Cruz hits bombs. He's very talented. But at that point, you have other guys filling in there and you have other guys that are doing little things well. So for a month, it was able to work out that way, and then it all fell apart. Replacing that with Rowdy Telez, and we hope O'Neill Cruz comes back and becomes a superstar, but we don't know anything about him. Like We still don't know anything. He's, he's getting older, and we don't know anything about him. When we look at that team that played very well in the early part of the season... That concerns me because we're back to a point where we're playing very, very modern baseball of let's hit a bunch of bombs and figure it out, and we don't really play baseball that well. That concerns the hell out of me about this team. There's not any bit of, like, there's no moving runners anymore, Alex. I still love it. I'm just going to complain about it. I want to move runners. I want to bunt. I want to do shit like that. Where are my country going? 
Where are my country gone? They took her gerb. <laughs> no, and I hear that, but I, I would say, I mean, little things they did well. Okay, steel bases. Cruz could definitely help with that. Yeah. Like, Cruz played really well for a month, and then he was terrible. G1 base stole a lot of bases for a month and then started getting caught stealing. That's oh, that's really an idiot. Well, that's the G1 Bay experience. Whenever he's stealing bases, he's going to be valuable. Whenever he's caught stealing, he just doesn't bring a whole lot outside of his defense. Then, so it's look. I get what you're saying with that. I will also look. There's a lot has to go right for this team to be really good this year. I look at someone like Carlos Santana, and I brings a ton for the clubhouse. Great for the culture type of guy. Uh, but in terms of on-field production, what are you going to get out of there? You're going to get a 100 WRC plus in good defense. You're going to get like a two-war player. I get Rowdy Telez is a lot more of a wild card in this, but he also hit, what, 30 home runs not that long ago? With that short porch, he could hit 30 home runs again if he's if he's healthy. Like I think he could or, have a bigger on-field impact. Or he could be a negative one war player. He could and, be. And like it's like that's so that's, that's a great also in, Connor Joe that. could Connor Joe might not be a plus one fifty WRC plus guy. Because that's what month. he was versus lefties, I guess. For, for a month. No, like the first month of the year, he was unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was. He was. Yeah. But there's a lot of boomer bust. We look at Henry Davis is the gas in this car. He could be Ryan Domit, theoretically, and if they Pirates so chose, he could have, you know, negative whatever God, war, hope. or he could be an impact player, an all-star type of, you know, have that type of season if he's going to hit 25, 30 homers behind the plate. It's There's a lot of boomer bust. Ronzi Contreras could re- pretend that it's 2022 again, or he could be throwing 90-mile-per-hour fastballs. Luis Ortiz could be that guy that shot up from Bradenton to the major leagues in less than a year, or he could be in AAA the whole year. There's so much boomer bust with this team, and right. it's no secret that a lot of the success, this is built of Okay, a lot of these guys got a hit, but that's always been, you know, the goal with this. Like a lot of these young players are going to have to break out at the major league level. And that's why my biggest thing this year, and you're a smart person, Alex. So let me hear your viewpoint on this too. But like, that's why these signings need to be more like Carlos Santana. Like, I want them to be safer. Roddy Telez has the potential to be that. That guy that you're talking about, right? But he also has the potential to be that negative one more player, which all the young, like all the current players for the most part already have in them, right? So, like, why not start building safety nets around the team? Why not get, hey, maybe it's short ceiling, but a very, very high floor. There's some safety there, there's some insurance there. So that way, if this prospect busts or booms, you know, like that variance just doesn't, it, it's not this far now. It's maybe like this. The problem with that is it also limits the upside. And okay. like I, I get it with Santana over Telez, especially since Santana was vocal, like, hey, I would love to come back to Pittsburgh. It just didn't happen. I don't see Santana really doing anything 
besides finishing somewhere between one or two war for this year. And just with the amount of resources that the Pirates have to spend in free agency, I get why they don't want to invest a large portion to it for someone who's got to finish with one point whatever war. Like, you got to swing for the fences at some point. I'm going to quote a Futurama bit here. Uh, Bender is fishing with a small... Bender's fishing with a small, you know, with a regular fishing pole. He's like, screw this. And he bends this giant hook, you know, out of a a girder. He's like, if I'm not going to catch a fish, I may as well not catch a big fish. So, (laughs) okay. Go with that mindset. I'll say this because I've been. You got to find impact. You got to add impact players in it. And I get it, but like, you got to assume risk. They signed Rowdy Tulles for three million. I'm going to say this. You just not do that. I'm going to say this about Telez because I think we've been bashing Telez nonstop. And since Santana is not coming here, I've kind of been trying to talk my way into like maybe Rowdy Telez isn't that bad. Rowdy Telez got hurt last year and you can tell like when he got hurt because it was over. You know, it was, it was, yeah, Yeah. it was done for him. But Rowdy Telez had 12 homers in the first two months of the season. He had a weighted runs created plus roughly around one. 18 or so like the dude was crushing the ball in April and May and then got hurt and completely fell off a cliff. So, you know what? I'm on the rowdy train to build off of that real fast. It's, it's one thing. Yeah. He was very clearly hurt and that's why the results struggled. Uh, Rowdy Telez is also probably the type of player that is going to get hurt maybe a bit more often than other guys. So I, I get both ends on this, but I also get for like a one year deal. Let it fly. We got Jared Triolo and Connor Joe as backup. If, if it really hits the fan, why not? May as well not catch a big fish. Let's go Rowdy. Yeah, I think Rowdy is terrible. I I, I kind of like the signing. And look, I, I really like Carlos Santana. I think there was a way they could have coexisted and kept them both on board. But if you're talking about who is going to actually make a bigger potential impact on 2024, I think it's Telez. Now, I agree. impact could be positive or negative. Well, O'Neill Cruz is going to be playing shortstop. Who's playing first base? Telez and Joe. Yeah, I want someone to field a baseball. <laughs> That's fair. You That's know what? I just, even though I, I think small things, I have faith that O'Neill Cruz is actually going to be able to I play don't. a position. Very I've got a second that I think effectively. People, yeah, I think people really slept on like how much better he looked defensively. Last he year. just broke his leg, Alex. <laughs> he can't move. It's a clean break. It heals easily. That. He's the best kind of injury you can have. (laughs) How many NBA players come back from crap like that? Not many. And now we're talking about a guy playing shortstop. Yeah, he'll be fine. Sure. He'll be in center field. Power of positivity. August. Just manifest it. I have no positivity. My life's over. I'm just here for the ride. All right, we getting out of here? <laughs> we are now. Hey, before we leave, I just want Alex to be like the, the eighth person to say this. But um, Alex, are the Pirates going to sign Trevor Bauer or what? No. Thank you. That's well, all I need okay. to know. 
All right. Well, uh, with that said, I guess, Alex, as always, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you in uh, spring in Bradenton in a few weeks, right? See you in Bradenton. So get ready to read Alex's Valentine's article about the three of us. Mm-hmm. Read, read it to your, to your significant other. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm going to do. She says I'll get her mood. Set the Guess what, baby? <laughs> all right. Brother, let's get out of here. Everyone, appreciate you all for watching, listening. We'll be back again next week. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Sorry, See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video, and subscribe to the page. It helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.